And welcome back to another episode of The Final Call here on Radio Massasoit. Episode number 63, as always, Andrew Fantuccio, the man with the easiest name in the zoo, Mr. Jason Snow. No Ben Maymarita is here today, unfortunately. But this is a very special episode. The NBA season tips off in just four days, so you know what that means. It's extravaganza time. Coming up on this episode, we break down the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, playoff predictions, award predictions. Jason, it's a huge show today. How are you feeling? Well, Andrew, you know, good intro, good intro. But when you say extravaganza, it's extravaganza time. No, we got to get up. Extravaganza time. You know, it's NBA season. Here we go. Let's pump this thing up a little bit. Let's crank this up a notch. Let's, let's get this energy pumping in here. Let's get the blood moving. Jason, I love it. Here we go. Not extravaganza time. No, party. It's party time. Basketball season is back. Here we go. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Before we get into everything I just mentioned, we got to talk about the big news from the other day that broke as we were recording the last episode. Giannis Antetokounmpo finally signing his Supermax extension with the Bucks. Mm -hmm. Jason, what do you think of it? What does it mean for Milwaukee? And what does it mean for the rest of the NBA? It's it's good for Milwaukee. It's it's really reassuring that... You know, we had, you know, some questions about they were targeting Bradley Beal. They were targeting Bogdan Bogdanovich. They missed out on both of them, but they bring in Drew Holiday. And ultimately that was enough to get Giannis to resign, which is great for Milwaukee because honestly, Giannis had all the, all the leverage there and Milwaukee was just waiting and, and praying that he'd stay. As for Giannis though, I mean, we'll see what he does in the playoffs. I think that's when the, the questions are going to get answered, but my immediate questions about Giannis and we'll talk about him throughout this segment is, um, well, is, is his game going to take on another level? How, you know, evolved are we going to see Giannis? Because this, this offseason has been shorter than usual. Um, it's not in the couple months that players usually have to get in the gym and get themselves right. So it'll be really interesting to see. But I'm, I'm really intrigued about how motivated Giannis is throughout the regular season because we've seen in the past couple of years, Giannis, good regular season player, MVP two times, um, but it doesn't really translate to the playoffs as well. So I think that's when the, the questions are going to start to get answered. But it's a huge win for Milwaukee, huge win for small markets everywhere. And Giannis, like he said, um, right after he signed it, was um, he showed Milwaukee's front office the text that uh, other players were, were sending him, trying to recruit them elsewhere. Um, and then he was like, you know what? I've seen LeBron and Kevin Durant get their jerseys burned because they left on, on sour notes. I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. So big, big for small markets. Um, it's big for Milwaukee specifically, but Giannis, he's safe home. Absolutely huge for small market teams. Absolutely huge. It's a sign that we're moving away from the era of super teams and stars dictating the power of the balance in the league. I feel, you know, you mentioned LeBron James, Kevin Durant, you know, those guys changing teams. Absolutely changed the entire balance of power in their favor. When LeBron went to Miami, it was the Heat versus whoever came out of the West. When Durant went to the Warriors, it was whoever the Warriors, it was the Warriors coming out of the West and whoever came out of the East in the finals. Giannis staying in Milwaukee makes makes the NBA that much more entertaining, at least for the next five years. He easily could have gone to a Miami or Toronto or another big market and joined up on a super team and, and made a run at the finals. He absolutely could have done that. But kudos to him. Kudos for breaking the mold and getting out of that shell of what star players used to be. And ultimately, I mean, that's a, it's a huge sign for small market teams. It's a win. Now, got, you know, 
Now teams like Phoenix have hope of keeping Devin Booker in a few years. Now teams like uh, if Philadelphia decides not to move Ben Simmons, they can they can keep Ben Simmons after this year. You know, because it's what it's what's it's always been Miami, LA, or like another warm weather or New York. Those three cities were re- like the destinations in the league. Brooklyn, not not the Knicks. Fair point. Fair <laughs> point. New yeah. Brooklyn. Fair I know point. what you mean. Yep. Right, but unless you were in one of those three cities, you had a really hard time recruiting star free agents. Mm-hmm. This is a sign. This is a sign that the tide's starting to turn. It makes the league that much more interesting for the next five years. And I'm excited for it. I'm happy this happened. I know I was saying, like, Giannis, I was on the top of that list of people who were saying that Giannis isn't going to stay unless mm-hmm. he wins a title. He proved me wrong, and I'm glad to be wrong here. I, I, agree, I, would, I agree with you. It's nice for Milwaukee, and it's a nice story. But I don't know if it necessarily makes the league more interesting, especially for the next five years, because we know what Giannis in Milwaukee is. It leads to MVPs. It doesn't lead to great playoff runs. Um, so if he went to Miami, if he went to the Knicks, if he went to the Lakers and made that that um, three-headed monster out there, I feel like we would have a boatload of topics to talk about. I mean, yep. we, we, this is taking up a segment of an extravaganza, but... Hey, it, it, this, it's, it's a story. Exam- it, yeah, it, it's a story, but how long is it a story? Because if you shook it up, I mean, that, that shakes the whole paradigm. As long as more teams are, are competitive... As long as more teams are in contention for, to make a run of the title, the better the league is. You don't want, I don't want all the power in, with, with, within one or two teams, right? I, I know how you felt about the Warriors teams. I, felt, I know how you felt about their matchup with the Cavaliers. To me, I felt that was really boring. It made, the, regular, the regular season didn't matter. Yeah, the, the finals were exciting, but I don't want to wait till April to watch basketball. I want to. I want to have a good competitive regular season where there are mul- where there are multiple teams in contention. I, I see. Where, I see where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, for me, I don't know. I just when I think about basketball of the past and I think of the old matchups, I think of Larry versus Magic. I feel. I. I, I feel. You know, great team versus great team. I don't feel like. Uh, LeBron's Lakers, they're a great team, but Miami, they're really young and my, uh, the Lakers should have swept that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry on the same stage, battling it out, duking it. I, I like legends in the finals. I, I don't like, you know, Tyler Hero going for 13 in the finals. And it's, well, has Giannis not reached that level for you yet? I feel like if I could get LeBron... Durant, Irving, Anthony Davis, and Giannis on the same final stage. <laughs> talk about interesting. You want to talk interesting? That's interesting. I, I don't know if I want to see Giannis, one-headed monster, Chris Middleton on the wing, Brooke Lopez spotting up from three. And we're getting really down the rabbit hole of this, but that's just how I feel about it. I mean, that, that's just me. Well, let's focus on Middleton and the rest of the box because after making this move by signing Giannis, the Bucks are now really limited in terms of cap space. Yep. They also trade away a ton of assets this offseason, especially for Drew Holiday. Picks. Can they reach the finals this year without adding any other pieces? <sighs> can they? Do you think there's another piece out there that they can get on a bargain to get them there? I mean, what 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 is the what happens with the Bucks if it turns out that they're not as good as we all think they are this season? Or they need a they need to make a slight tweak. I mean, based off how Dennis Schroeder and, and 
Montrezl Harrell went to the Lakers on budget deals. I mean, that kind of redefined it because I didn't think the Lakers were going to upgrade at all. I didn't think their cap situation was very good. Turns out they get two very good bench players for the price of, you know, a quality starter. Um, so I, I, I guess that's a glimmer of hope um, that players are going to want to play with Giannis. I mean, like I said before, I mean, players wanted to recruit him elsewhere. So that's, that's reassuring that they're going to be able to stitch up some things later on if they need to. But like I said, Giannis needs to change his game. Giannis needs to not be marginalized by Miami Heat walls being, you know, built around him on the block. Like he needs, and, and he needs to be able to create his own shot, isolation, be able to shoot is essentially what I'm trying to say and, and handle the ball better. Because in the Toronto series two years ago, uh, in this past series against the Heat, I know he was hurt for some of it, but in the games that he was playing, it was like, he needs another playmaker around him to set him up. And if he wants to be on that level of Kevin Durant, if he wants to be on that level of, of LeBron, if he wants to be on that level as Anthony, Anthony Davis, for me, he's going to have to add another layer to his game. So I think they're, they're kind of, their ceiling is at that right now. But if he shows he's you know, evolved his game and, and he's revitalized and rejuvenated to a brand new level of Giannis that we haven't seen yet, it's going to struggle for me because, like you said, they gave up a ton for Drew Holiday. I didn't know Drew Holiday was worth that much. He's not. Um, but he's, he's, not an, he's not worth three round picks, three first rounders. And Eric Bledsoe. I mean, he's an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, but, I mean, does he solve your problems? I don't think so. So, I, good regular season team, but I want to wait and see. I mean, to me, it's like the, the biggest key for the Bucs this season is they got to stay healthy. Have to stay healthy. And someone on their bench is going to have to step up and be a secondary go-to scorer. They need a lights-out shooter on the bench. I think Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis are a good starting lineup. They need some bench depth. And I really question how many quality minutes guys like Tony Snell, DJ Augustine are going to play this year. I thought losing out on Bogdan Bogdanovich was a backbreaker for this team because he was exactly the kind of player they needed. Yep. But him saying, no, I don't want to go to Milwaukee was, ooh, that's bad. A little and confusing, I, I, too. It was. And we'll get, we'll get to that when we talk about the Hawks. Uh, but really, like, this team's limited now. They can't, there's not a ton of room to improve anymore, at least this season. Next offseason, they could shift some contracts around, then yes. But now that we're this close to the season, they're really only, only limited to the buyout market. And they found Marvin Williams on it last year, and that was a good pickup for them. Mm-hmm. And he's still with the team now. He, but he Mark, oh, he retired. Yeah, he retired. Wow, what a waste that was then. <laughs> Anyways, that's my. But in theory, like they can add stuff at, on the waiver wire on the on the buyout market. But even then, that's not going to improve them drastically, right? Like I like the moves they made this off season. But I don't feel they, they drastically separated themselves from the rest of the Eastern Conference. Oh, no way. Well, I feel like the rest of the East got a lot better. It's better than it's ever been in recent Absolutely. Memory. Absolutely. I really feel that way. It's just, I don't know. They're, I, I, they're, they're in a bind now. They're in a bind. I, I mean, getting Giannis was, should have been priority number one. But along the way, they kind of handcuffed themselves. They, did, they, they got Bryn Forbes. They got DJ Augustine. But I'm going to say this. If they... As currently constituted, this Milwaukee Bucks team, if they don't change for the next five years, as long as Giannis is on that contract, if they don't change and if his game doesn't change, he will not win a title in Milwaukee. 
as long as that in that contract, he will not win a title in the next five years. I'd agree with you. I do agree with you. I just, I don't want to say never because I mean, if, the if rest of the because because the, the rest of the landscape, the, the rest of the landscape of the league can change. Is all I'm saying in five years. So I mean, I would say it's less likely than than it is. Like I, I I'm leading towards you, but to say never. I just feel like without knowing what the rest of the league is going to do, I don't want to lock myself into never, but it's not likely. If the league does change, it'll be to his detriment because if the league changes, all these star players who are now spread out, KD, Kyrie, like they're, they're in duos right now. If they go on to make a super team, if they have three guys, like if, if KD and Kyrie lure Bradley Beal, well, Giannis is definitely not going to get out of, the, out of the East. If the Lakers somehow get... I'm just pulling this out of out of thin air, but if they get um, I don't know, Damian Lillard somehow, if 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 these stars team up, they're all spread out now. It's easier to to face Damian Lillard when he's not on the like. If these super teams collide and Giannis is still alone, he's definitely not going to get to the finals, and that's the only way the, the league would kind of reshape. So if he's going to win a title, it's going to be it, it's going to have to be right now before the league turns against him. Yeah. Okay, I, f- I see. I agree. Because all these teams, the, these teams aren't very as to- as top heavy as as top heavy as they could be. Because Brooklyn could still make some moves. Lakers could still make some moves. Like all these teams right now are kind of they're they're thinner than they could be. They, but don't you think a- that with Giannis opting to stay in Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that he, the two-time reigning MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, the next, I mean. If you, I think if you're asking Adam Silver, the next guy of the NBA, the next front, fa- you know, the face of the NBA, yep. isn't that a sign, again, that it's possible for that the league is shifting away from those super team types? Like, yeah, it's possible that they can, some teams might join together along the way, but we're not going to see the rain that we had in the early 2010s. We're not going to see how it was with the Heat and the Celtics and the Warriors and the Cavs. And, and the Thunder or the Spurs. We're not going to see those types of teams, but duos, right? Now, is Middleton as elite of a player as Anthony Davis or Kyrie Irving? No, he's a step below. And I think if you can surround Giannis with just a couple more good role players, you can make up for his weaknesses as, uh, as a player. And it, it's a, just to go back to the big picture thing, like, this is a good, the signing is a good thing for small markets, but ultimately it's based off personality. Giannis's personality lent him to sign the Supermax because we've seen stars before. Paul George is the first one signed that big deal. And then a year later was like, I'm in rural Oklahoma and the biggest restaurant around here is Ruby Tuesdays. Um, let's go to LA. I'm trying to get, uh, <laughs> he took the Supermax and we were like, you know, this is a great thing for small markets. Maybe he does like to play with Russ. And then like, 365 days later, he was like, yeah, let's go to LA. To, let's, let's go play with Kawhi Leonard. So it's an, it's, an, it's an encouraging sign that teams can just throw money at their stars and get them to, to, get them to stay. But ultimately, Giannis's personality set him, set him you know, apart from the pack a little bit because Durant didn't take the big deal. Like we, We've seen stars before leave when, even though the, the team that had him previously was like, here's a bunch of money. You know, so we, we, Giannis's personality is different than a lot of people's. Is there any other star in the league that you can say would be similar to Giannis in this case? Luca, I feel like Luca would stay. Luca is kind of embedded to Dallas. 
Ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Dallas is a little bit more of a bigger market, though. So it doesn't exactly fit the same uh, yeah. category. Um, Lillard. Lillard stayed in, in Portland. Uh, I think you might see the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell staying in Utah. Um, well, he already signed the max. I know, but like when, it, when his time comes for the next mm-hmm. his next I, life. I'm curious, though, because you mentioned Lillard. Like, he's been in Portland a long time. And yeah. you're right, he does have the personality. But when does he get to the point, like, I want to win a championship? Well, that's, that's kind of what we were saying before Giannis signed this. We were like... Giannis is, Giannis is a little bit younger, and he's, I think he's better than Lillard. 100%, you're right on both those. But I'm just saying, like, that's kind of where we were... Com- you and I were coming from when, before Giannis signed it. We were just like, does he want to win a title? Is it going to happen in Milwaukee? I personally don't think it will. If he doesn't change and if the players around him, like, if he doesn't get a better cast and if he doesn't change, it's not going to happen. But that's kind of where we were coming from when Ben was like, he's staying, he's staying and banging his head, on his, uh, his fist on the table, like begging us, convincing us to, you know, this point. But he stayed and Ben was right. So tip of the cap to Ben. But in the grand scheme of things, he's 25. Giannis is 25. Five-year deal, he'll be 30. He'll still be in his prime. So he's not, the window isn't closed for his career. I'm just saying the, the window might be closed in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I just really think it's it's more it's more likely than not, but I'm not ready to say never either. And that's fair. I might be a little over my skis there. Coming up next, we'll get into the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks. What's their outlook for this season, along with the rest of the Eastern Conference? Eastern Conference preview up next on the final call. Back on the final call. Jason, how do you feel about the Milwaukee Bucks this year? This year, I have my reservations. You do? Why is that? They're being lauded for having a great offseason, but I still have I still have some questions, and and it mainly hinges on Giannis's game evolution, like I talked about in the last segment. So for me, I agree with you. I still think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. You do? I do. I think with Giannis being as good as he is, being as dominant as he is. There aren't a lot of teams prepared to stop them. However, I don't think the gap between the Bucks and the rest of the East is as strong as it once was. A lot of the teams in the East got better this year. And I think besides Brooklyn, no one has a player on Giannis's level quite yet. However, I question Kevin Durant's health. So because of that, I still would put the Bucks at the top of the East. Now, are they a playoff team? I don't know because I have questions about Mike Budenholzer. You mean finals team? Playoff team, finals team? I mean, if they're first in the East, they're going to be a playoff team. Well, default. I know, but I mean, how well, how good are they in the playoffs? Can they okay. make it past? I got you. I got you. I, I have questions about Mike Budenholzer because it's go time for him. How many times has he got? Has he got I mean, he did it with the Hawks. He's done it twice with the Bucks now. Hasn't been able to make it to a conference final. Yeah. What do you think? I don't, I don't know if it's, it's an urgent thing because he has Giannis in his prime. I'm going to say that. But I don't know if it's last resort, get your, get your act together. You better get on this. I don't know if it's oh, I don't I don't know. Know. that degree yet. I don't know if to, it's, oh, it's go time for me. To me, it's go time. Are you saying like finals? If not finals, you're fired? Yeah, I would. Well, really? 
Let me think about that. I'll, I'll get back to you before the end of the segment. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they got to show some improvement. They, they definitely have to show some improvement because Middleton's an all-star. He's been an all-star the past couple of years, but do we all think he's an all-star? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is he really that player that we can confidently say he's a number two on a championship level team? Uh, probably more like a three. Yeah. And that's where that's probably why they're hoping Drew Holiday is gonna emerge as their number two, which again, good. That's player. another number three. So and bring in Bryn Forbes. They surround Giannis with more shooters. Great. Giannis is gonna have to be better at distributing to those shooters and elevating them to a point where they they can make shots consistently. And I'm putting that on Giannis's shoulders because dominant inside is Giannis. He can track double teams, triple teams in the paint. You know, can he set up his teammates? Can he make his teammates better? I'm not sure. Can he create a shot at the top of the key? We'll see. But I feel like it all hinges around that. The shooter's effectiveness kind of hinges on that. Middleton's um, production kind of hinges on that. It all orbits around Giannis. And should be noted, when you sign that Supermax, a lot more responsibility comes your way. Mm -hmm. This, This isn't, you know... Giannis, we'll see what happens. It's Giannis, we're paying you 220 million bucks. Are you gonna, pun intended, bucks? Where are we, you know, what are we getting here? We're getting an MVP, but we're, we're searching out titles here. It's, it's on everybody Budenholzer, Giannis, Middleton, the whole cast. So I think what's more likely is that the rest of the cast steps up than Giannis developing as a player. And now maybe he had a full offseason, I lean the other way. But the offseason only be two months long. He spent time between Greece and here trying to recover. I don't like the chances of him be developing that a third skill set. I, I guess I, I, I guess I should be a little lighter on Giannis, but I'm still waiting for for a finals appearance and for someone that's in bugged the last um, not bugged, dubbed the last two MVP awards. How long do I have to wait? I mean, he's 25. That's still young, but I don't know. He's been elevated to a point where. He's arguably the best player in the league, and according to some people, he's not to me. I, I want to wait. I, I want to see what happens. He's definitely not the most developed player. He's not the most well-rounded player. However, he might be the most dominant. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm on that train with you. And so, and back to Budenholzer, I would say if they reach the finals this year, then his job is safe. But they have another early exit. He's gone because they made. They should have made the finals last year. There is no excuse for them to get trounced by the Heat. They should have beaten. They could have beaten Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you could have gone. You could have gone seven with the Lakers. Really? There's no. There, they could have. Well, if Miami went six. There's a chance that Milwaukee goes seven if they're playing at full strength. They're playing with the you know a clear head. Do they beat know. the Lakers? I don't think so. No. But they could. They could. It would have been a good fight. Maybe I don't know. Giannis is marginalized easily, so it's it wouldn't it's not like you know this is a game plan you know too broad and too you know elaborate that we can't wrap our head head around it. It's like yeah, just go surround that big tall number thirty four guy with like four guys and you know it'll be fine. It's it it's not it's not that complicated a game plan. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. But that's why I'm saying the Bucks need more from their role players. You know, you lose Bledsoe, you lose Hill, you lose Matthews. Those were all older guys. So you bring in guys like Augustine. 
You bring in Brid, you bring in Brid Forbes, you bring in DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, Torrey Craig. Those guys are decent, but on a real championship team, they're fighting for rotation minutes. Yep. You know, and they're gonna have to step up and play some legit backup minutes now, and really help this team from the outside because that's what the Bucks have to do. That's what Giannis needs. But another team that's all, another player that has always needed shooting is Ben Simmons. Let's yep. get to the Sixers. Is this the last shot for the duo of uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Yes, it is. And I'm not even sure if they'll get that final shot if, if Houston pulls a, uh, pulls the trigger on a Harden deal. Um, but for Philly, I like the moves they made in the offseason. I like Doc Rivers as an upgrade over Brett Brown. I know Doc Rivers' 3-1 leads kind of blown. Doc Rivers isn't, you know, the greatest coach on the planet, but he's good. He's a good coach. Um, he'll get you to those places. He's a developmental coach, and I think that's what Philly needs. Um, they also needed some shooting. Danny Green, Seth Curry, love it a lot. Um, and, and Joel Embiid, I'm kind of on the same thing with Giannis. What are we going to see more from Joel? Are we going to see some, you know, more motivation in the regular season? Are we going to see, cause you know, last year I picked him to go to the finals because the last memory I had back then was him crying after the Toronto series, after Kawhi Leonard hit that, you know, unbelievable shot, um, to win that series in seven. That was the last moment I saw of Joel Embiid. And I was like, he's going to be motivated. He's not going to want to have that happen to him again. And they come out with another lackluster season. So I'm, I'm waiting for another wrinkle of Joel Embiid to prove to me that, A, he's a more desirable keep than Ben Simmons. And B, again, we're talking about Joel Embiid as an you know, elite NBA player. Is he a top 10 player? I don't think so. But is he going to steal back that best center in the league title from Nikola Jokic? Individually, I want to see that happen. Um, but for Philly, I love the moves. I love the coaching change. Um, We'll see if they're a real contender. I'm going to wait and see on that. But um, on paper, I like what they've done. They just need to put it on the court now. Yeah, I like the moves they made too. We've always we've kept saying this team desperately needs shooting. Danny Green, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Danny Green's pretty serviceable unless it's you know, a big shot at the end of the NBA Finals. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a shot. <laughs> I just, but, yeah, I mean, how long will Daryl Morey give them until he shits one of them out of town for James Harden? Maury is always looking for, to make trades, and it's well known how much he loves James Harden. I think if he gets a shot to get James Harden, it's, he'll move either Simmons or Embiid in a heartbeat. Like, I, yeah, like he came out yesterday and said, like, there's no chance me moving Ben Simmons after uh, Sham Sharani of The Athletic reported that that was an option for the Sixers that they made of it available. If you, the Sixers have a shot to get James Harden, they should. And they will. They will. Because <laughs> you know what happens? You know, you and I have seen the rumors. That's when you know it's really getting leaked out that, you know, Ben Simmons is on the table for James Harden. And then Ben Simmons probably went into Daryl Morey's office and was like, what? You, you kidding me? You're going you're gonna to trade me and not Joel Embiid. Seriously? And then Daryl Morey's like, well, I'm not even sure if Harden's going to come here right now, so I want my two stars to be happy at least to start the season. Yeah, we're not going to trade Ben Simmons. That's, that's, I feel like that's what happens. But if Morey has a chance to get James Harden, believe me, he'll trade the Philadelphia Bell. He'll, he'll get rid of the Phillies. He'll get rid of the Flyers. He'll get rid of the Flyers mascot, which I think is hilarious. Um, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get rid of the whole city if he can get James Harden the beard, his, uh, his former Houston Rocket um, leader. So I think Harden to, to Philly makes a lot of sense um, just from a simple shot creation. He, they need guys that can make shots. Um, so I think it makes sense. I think they'll do it, and I think it's a win for Houston as well. I think the real X factor for this team, though, Tobias Harris, 
He kind of fell off last year, getting a huge contract. And I, I expect better things from him this year. He had a decent showing in the playoffs last year, uh, coming back into the bubble after a really bad start to the season prior to the shutdown. I think maybe getting rid of Al Horford will give him some more room to operate with. Same for Joel Embiid. I think I thought Joe, uh, Al Horford really dragged this team down, and not because he was trying to or anything. He just like he was so out of place. Just didn't fit. No, he just didn't. He he took up room inside for Embiid, which stretched Embiid outside, which took up room for Tobias Harris, which then got in the way of Ben Simmons, who didn't have anyone to pass to to take shots. It was just Al Horford really got in the way of this team. And now you have Doc Rivers, and now you have Daryl Morey. Now, two guys who've always come up short, but know how to run a basketball franchise, know how to operate a team. But can they get over the hump? You know, seven times Doc Rivers got to the postseason in L.A., but never made it past second round. And did, last year, he, did, he went out in and – last, <laughs> and last year, he went out in grand fashion. And I say he definitely has something to prove this year. But is he just a regular – it just seems to me he's only a regular season coach. Unless he has that type of super team, unless he has a big three Celtics team, he's not getting very far. So that's another reason why I really think the Sixers should be interested in trading Ben Simmons, who is a future franchise player. No doubt in my mind about it. But I think he now fits the Rockets mold better than what he fits in Philadelphia. I, I agree with you. If Houston can, pull, can find a way to get Ben Simmons, do it. Do it. I don't, I'm probably higher on Ben Simmons than a lot of people are, but if James Harden's unhappy and he's not going to play motivated basketball for you anyway, Ben Simmons is as good as a prize as you're going to get, especially if you can add picks on top of it. I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Um, I think Philly's a playoff team. I think Doc Rivers is a developmental coach over anything else, and I think I wouldn't say he's a developmental do. coach, but he's a – Oh, I would. He can only get you so far, coach. He can, he can, and all right, if he's a developmental coach, he's the best developmental coach there is. Yeah, he's really good. I'm talking about developmental coaches um, and a team that added, had a really good offseason, in my opinion. The Atlanta Hawks. What are you thinking about the Hawks this, uh, this season? They're going to score a ton of points. They're going to be fun to watch on offense. They'll move the ball really well, but their defense scares me, and it scares me a lot. Can they win? Sure, but will they? Av- they'll have to average like 130 points a game to do it. Because this team, I don't really see this team playing that much defense, especially with Trey Young, Rajon Rondo, not great defensively. Danilo Gallinari, fine. Bogdan Bogdanovich, great shooter, but again, no defense. You have Clint Capella, who's not exactly the strongest down low. So I just, this team is going to have to score a ton of points night in, night out, and play really fast and play really fluid offense to win a bunch of games. I agree with you, but I'm higher on their defense than you are. I think Rondo is a good defender. Um, Clint Capella is solely a defensive player. He, he plays no offense. Um, Chris Dunn is also an underrated uh, defender. He small for his size, but he can guard perimeter defense. So if they play Trey Young in a way that they can stagger his minutes in a way that he's on the court with, with Chris Dunn at all times, I, I, would, I would say so. But by and large, I, I agree with your point. They're going to have to win by shootout every night. And Trey Young, shot selection questionable, decision-making questionable, little turnover prone and plays no defense. I'm going to see some more from Trey Young, hopefully. Um, but I have a feeling they're too young. And I know, I'd agree with that. And when you talk about, you know, they bring in Rondo, playoff Rondo, who's really good. Um, you know, Danilo Gallinari played a lot of playoff games in his career. 
Um, Bogdan, Bogdanovich hasn't played any playoff games because he's playing in Sacramento. But um, I feel like they're just a little young. They're like two, they're two or three years away from real contention. They're going to be interesting. They're going to be fun. They're going to be, I'm going to watch the Hawks as much as I can simply because of the entertainment value uh, of Trey Young pulling from beyond half court seemingly. Um, so it'll be really interesting to watch. I think they're a playoff team, but I'm a little hesitant to say that because I feel like they're going to be like six or seven or eight. They're not going to be, you know, three, four, where I'm like, yeah, definitely playoff team. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But little young, they're going to be exposed in the playoffs if they get there, but that's the whole thing. Are they going to get there? I think they will. They'll make the playoffs. But you're right. They're, they are too young. They have some veterans on there, Capella, Gallinari, Rondo, but none of those guys have ever been the leader on a playoff team. They've always been number two or number three, if not number four, right? None of them are – there's no true veteran leader on this team, but there's a lot of really good veteran role players, which might be good for a young team. That might be really good for this team to develop with and learn from, right? I think having Rondo would be great for Trey Young just as a mentor. But what do, how do they complement each other on the court? I don't see it very much. Because isn't Trey Young someone that has to be on ball? Oh, yeah. Right? And that's the same thing with Rondo, right? Rondo's biggest asset is his passing. So he has had the ball in his hands. So I'm not sure if you're going to see them on the court very much together. Chris Dunn, defensively, offensively, eh. There's just a, there's too much imbalance on the team. Either some, a lot of their players are either really good offensively and suck on defense, or you're really good defensively or you suck on offense. And that, that might be a good problem to have because last year, as soon as Trey Young went to the bench, it was like, all right, who else is here? It's, there, there's no one else. So they were, they were left astray when, when Trey Young went to the bench. Um, so it, at that point, Bogdanovich can make shots. Gallinari can make shots. Maybe John Collins shows some more perimeter shooting. Um, they bring in Rondo, who's, who's played a lot of games in his career. Just bring in talent, period. And I think they did that, and I think they're going to see a jump. But a team, I think, who was in a similar situation to the Hawks a couple of years ago, Boston Celtics. You know, I, I think it's time. This team is ready to make that next step. What do you think they learned from last postseason? They learned that, especially when you t- play a team like Miami, the sum of all parts outweigh individual talent. And hopefully they learned that. They should have learned that. Um, because Miami played like a team. And they didn't play at the end of most games like hero ball. Uh, Jason Tatum, top of the key, dribbling out the clock. Kemba Walker making some plays. Got hurt, though. Jalen Brown standing in the corner. It was just a weird ending to the season last year. Um, but I think they're, they're obviously a bona fide playoff team. And Jason Tatum's extension, trying, he didn't look great in the, po- in the preseason, going to be honest. Uh, didn't shoot very well. Neither him or Brown did in that first game. But obviously, it's a preseason game. means nothing. Um, I would just like them to get off to a better start. That'd be, you know, more assuring to me. But they're a playoff team. Absolutely. Tatum, hopefully, he'll make that jump into an MVP caliber type player. Um, Not saying he will win it, but hopefully he's, you know, whatever the number seven, eight, nine, ten for that award is. Um, Hopefully he's in in the conversation distantly, hopefully. Um, Jalen Brown looking for an all-star team. Hopefully he gets it. I'm looking at this team. 
I'm going to save the projections for later, but I'm just going to say they're an elite Eastern Conference team. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, what they learned from last postseason, they can't win on talent alone. They have to work together collectively as a team, and they just can't crumble when another team is willing to step up and punch them in the mouth. Right? No more hero ball. No more of this. All right, it's my shot, my time. I'm going to be the – no, you got to work collectively. And you figure the rest of it out along the way. And now – there's a few less mouths to feed, especially at the start of the season without Kemba Walker. How long do you think they can survive without him? Regular season, I don't know if it'll matter all that much. But if they want to reach that level of team that, oh my gosh, we're facing Boston in the playoffs, they're going to need a healthy Kemba Walker, you know, clicking on all cylinders. That's what they need. That's what they signed him for. So I think Kemba's in, uh, integral to their success. But at the beginning of the season, I don't know if it'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, Kemba Walker's hurt. We're not going to be able to stay in games. Jeff Teague, quality NBA player. He'll be able to fill the void. But if they want to reach that Larry O'Brien status, they're going to need Kemba. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I expect big things, especially from Jason Tatum in his absence. Tatum's unquestionably going to be the primary ball handler now. So he'll get a ton more touches. Uh, and him and Jalen Brown together should be good enough for like the first month. But once teams start to figure out what makes those two tick, and they can force a ball out of their hands and have the, their offense run through Marcus Smart or Daniel Tice, of all people, I don't like it, right? You know, I, I was saying last year how much that they, the Celtics had way too many mouths to feed, especially on the wings. I think now they've, they've, they've trimmed the fat. They're going to let Tatum and Walker – I mean, they're going to let Tatum and Brown be like the primary guys on this team and be the leaders that, they, that they're supposed to be. Just – how long they can sustain it without Walker, I'm not sure. They'll need him come playoff time. And if you mentioned Jason Tatum, I, I really do expect good things from him. I really think that without Walker, he'll be able to have a really good start to the season. But can he carry that momentum? I think if he does, he'll make his second all-star team. He might even be a starter. And is a first-team All-NBA selection out of the question? I don't think so. No, not out of the question. By the way, one more thing on Tatum. Um, when we saw in February and in early March before the league shut down, Kemba Walker was hurt, right? And what did Tatum do? He, he, oh, you know, he took off. Took off. Best sequence of his career against some of the best teams in the NBA. Portland, he played on the road, one of his best games. Uh, at the Lakers, really good. Um, Clippers, both times at home and on the road when he hit that uh, step back on Paul George. Very memorable moment. He played well against Denver. Like He can play well against good teams. It's just matter of consistently timing and hopefully we can see another wrinkle of that they did lose gordon hayward of offseason that was a point of contention between you and i i still don't think they ever really needed him that much it may look like they miss him a little bit without walker again if you if teams can figure out how to shut down brown and tatum they'll have some problems but when the celtics are at full strength i really think it's going to look like hayward was just a space filler for them all along maybe we talked about this before if you can get a five-man lineup of five guys that can all dribble, pass, and shoot in a league like this, and you can like they're all versatile, they can all defend in a couple different positions, and they're kind of interchangeable, teams don't know what to do with that defensively. So I think Gordon played a good role. Uh, it's just the price point and then the games he actually played and then consistent. It was just a bunch of layers that all ended up to be like, he's better off elsewhere, to be honest. But well, I, he I did think, go. Yeah. Well, he did go elsewhere. He went to Charlotte. What do you think of the Hornets? Interesting. Very fun team, especially in the preseason. I'm, 
I never thought I'd say this living in, in the Northeast. Can't believe I'm saying this. I'm watching Charlotte Hornets preseason basketball. I, I, I never, never thought I'd mutter those words, but I am. And there's one reason, one reason only LaMelo ball. He's interesting. He, he, he's really interesting. He throwing full court passes. He's a fancy he can he, shots a little unorthodox at first glance, but when you look at, if you zoom on, zoom in on it, his form is really, is, it, he's got the follow through the shot pockets, not exactly where you'd want it to be. I, you know, ideally, but it's there. It's fluent. He can make shots. He can do it. So Lamelo's the really only thing that makes me like this team and think that they're interesting. And I feel like they have a rookie of their a rookie of the year on their hands. I don't disagree with you. I don't think they'll make the playoffs though. I think it, it's just, it, like, it's just Lamelo. Really? I, I re- they gave Gordon Hayward $30 million a year. For Overpaid. <laughs> That's insane. There, there are three players in NBA history who have ever been, who have ever signed multiple 30 year contracts, $30 million a year contracts. Two of them. Yep. There's no three of them. There's, but two thirty million dollars. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, multiple. Yep. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. LeBron James, Worth Gordon it. Hayward. Yeah. Which one of these doesn't belong? According to Ben, it'd be LeBron. But like, yeah. serious. Like, that's the thing. Like, what, <laughs> I. That, I mean, maybe I was too low on Gordon Hayward, but there's just some people in this league who are way too high on him. Way too high. Especially uh, GM Jordan. If and Ben, if you're listening to this right now, I know what you're talking about the the Charlotte Hornets, and I do this every show. Jim Jordan's going to extract the greatness from both Lamelo Ball, Bismack Biombo, and Gordon Hayward and route to Jordan's seventh career ring. It's not going to happen, Ben. It's not going to happen. Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan's not good. And I know Ben said that, but I like tormenting him about Jordan. So it's bound to happen. I'm going to make fun of Ben about Jordan, and it's never going to stop. <laughs> what do you think about Indiana? Who? The snooze fat. They didn't do anything. I mean, they, they fall. Hold on. Wait a minute. I, I buried the lead on this one. They're not snooze fat. They followed the mall theory. Hopefully it works out. But, uh, you know, Nate, I'm still struggling with his name. Nate, uh, maybe you can help me along with this. You know it better than I, me. No. I, no. It's B-J, B-J-O-R-K-N-E-N, I think. Bjorkinson. Bjorkinson. That's what it is. Bjorkinson. Yorkins, I love, I love the move. Love the move. Had to Wikipedia um, on the first, the first day of the signing. Um, love the mall theory. Hope it works out. But ultimately, in the end, they didn't add any key players at all. Um, but I guess you know, not losing Victor Oladipo is a plus within itself. Uh, they keep Miles Turner. They didn't give him to the Celtics. But at the same time, it's like same old Pacers. It's kind of boring. Yeah, they didn't give up Miles Turner to the Celtics, which just breaks my heart. Really wish they did that. That would have been nice. However, you mentioned Victor Oladipo. Do you think you know there's any chance he sticks around after this year? Uh, he's not the player he once was. And when I mean that, I mean like 2018 battling LeBron in the first round and almost getting him out. It's, it's, since that injury, he's not the same Victor Oladipo. And it's sad. I love Victor, but it's, it's, I was thinking like bona fide all-star every year. Now it's like, are you like the third, fourth fatal on that team? It's uh, this the the Pacers are boring to me outside of Nate Bjorkinson. So it's <laughs> no. There's one thing to watch. Over okay. under how many people TJ Warren punch in the face this year? Oh oh, that's always it. If I'm Vegas, what am I setting the line at? Twenty nine and a half. We're gonna I'm keep gonna track take, of that. I'm gonna take the over on that too. We'll keep track of that. 
Anytime. Like, we'll, we'll watch Pacer games just for that reason. If, 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 if TJ Warren throws a punch, we'll, we'll make a tweet. We'll, we'll make a post about it. Oh, absolutely. It's Especially official. if it's Jimmy, if it's Jimmy Butler, it counts for 15. Oh, that reminds me, Jason. We keep forgetting about the defending reigning Easter conference champion, Miami heat. Is this still a championship caliber team? Yes, it is. It is until they prove that they're not until they prove they're not. And I don't love losing Jay Crowder. I love Jay Crowder. He fits on every team under the sun, but yes, they're, they're, they're in the upper echelon of the East and they have something to prove. And it's that, why are people forgetting about them? Cause we talk about Brooklyn. We led the show with Milwaukee, Boston and Philly are making more noise. We're forgetting that this young team residing in South Florida, they're a problem. They, they're, they're a problem. They're built on effort. And it's, I like them a lot. I don't know if, now here I go. Here, this is totally hypocritical. I don't know if they will make it back to the finals. I mean, the East is really crowded, but they're going to put up a fight, and I like that a lot. Jace, was that another pun? What did I say? The East is really crowded. Crowder, crowded. Love it. You know what? I, I love it. I love it. We're keeping all that in there. <laughs> I love puns, and I intend all of them except that one. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, they definitely proved that they belong last year. But can they do it again now that, I mean, I look at the Miami Heat this year like I've looked at Lamar Jackson all along. You had a really good run, right? But now teams are aware of you. You have a target on your back now. There's film on you out there now. People can study you. Well, how are you going to adjust? What are you going to add to your arsenal? And someone who I, who I think needs to step up huge is Duncan Robinson. Mr. Three-Point, the guy who's really only asset is, is as a three-point shooter. Lights yep. out, knocked down three-point shooter, maybe one of the best in the league right now. But what else is he good for? I think he needs to prove that he's not untouchable in James Harden conversations. Let, let, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson need to need to prove that they're both virtually untouchable, according to Heat fans and, and the Miami Heat franchise. And James Harden deals. Wow, it's wow. Talk. I, yeah. I don't want to make the leap. I don't get that one either. But I don't want to say that they're overrated. But let's just uh, can we come back to Earth, please? Thank you. But yeah, Jimmy Butler, really impressive. Top 10 player. He'll make the all-star team. So will Bam. It's Goran Dragic coming back from the injury. I just, can they do it again? I, I, want, I want to see. Uh, I, it really depends on how far Jimmy Butler can take them. And also, does Bam Adebayo improve upon his breakout season last year? Mm-hmm. You know, he got the extension. But once again, people are aware of him now. Teams are aware of what Bam Adebayo can do. No one's sleeping on the Miami Heat anymore this year. So it's up to Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, and Jimmy Butler as the leaders of this team to keep everyone else in line and keep them working and pushing, which was really their biggest asset last year all along. Yep. It was their heart. It was their drive. But can they add to it? Can they improve upon it? Because that's what will keep, keep them at the top, uh, at the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. One team that I feel like might be falling from grace, and I hate to say it, Nick Nurse and Toronto Raptors. Well, or should I say the Tampa Bay Raptors, or as Ben would say, the Tampa Bay Raptors. I, uh, I miss you right now, Ben, but I'm, this, that's one reason I'm glad you're not here right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I can't stand when he does it. Well, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll pick up where he left off. So the Tampa Bay Raptors, I, they're, they're, their biggest acquisition was Aaron Baines. And 
Alex Lynn and they lose Marcus Saul, they lose Serge Ibaka, they lose a, a majority of what they got them to the finals in 2019, including Kawhi Leonard, but I'm talking about the surrounding parts of that team. Toronto's steady, man. Every time I, I discount Toronto, they, they come back, you know, kind of Miami-like with Hart, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. Like, they're not a team that necessarily goes down without a fight. And you saw that in the playoffs. Right, but, but it's, it's just, Jason, it's, isn't the rest of the East like that, that much better now? That's what I'm that's saying. That's the thing. Like, yeah. like, Kyle Lowry isn't getting any younger, which I still don't understand why it seems that we only talk about age <laughs> when it comes to Kyle Lowry. Like, he's younger than LeBron. But we never mentioned LeBron's getting any younger, ever, mm. right? But we, but anytime we bring up Kyle Lowry in the Raptors, Kyle Lowry's getting older. He's another year older. Like what is? I just, I, just, I don't understand that part of it. It seems like everyone else is doing, even though I'm doing it right now. So I'm being a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> They'll be a scrappy team. They're well coached. You and I both love Nick Nurse. I just the rest of the East got so much better this year, so they're gonna fall down back towards the middle of the pack. I think. But I still think they're good enough to make a, make to make the playoffs just because they're that well coached. Yeah, and they, offensively they 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 make revelations offensively every time. I don't think they'll make anything of an undrafted Fred Van Fleet. They they go out and make a player out of them. So they're one of the more like if I were to make a top five of teams that are like resourceful, maybe in all of sports, but especially in the NBA, Toronto's on that list. They make a lot of. They're kind of like Denver in in a way that they make the most out of their draft picks, regardless of where those are. So, I like them a lot. It's just they're going to be scrappy, like you said. It's just where do they find their spot? I'm not sure. But can we stop burying the lead? By the way, um, the lead? could be the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we're 32 minutes into this thing, and we have not talked about Brooklyn yet. Arguably, the biggest story in all of the league: Kevin Durant coming back healthy, Kyrie Irving doing the same. Kyrie Irving suddenly, after a 12-minute um, temper tantrum, not talking to the media, he's doing it again. He's back with the media. He's he's holding press conferences. He looks to be in a great mood. They haven't pulled the pulled the trigger on a James Harden deal yet, but is this too big or combustible, or or, or is it going to work out fine? Oh, I mean, Durant and Irving on the floor together might be the best duo in the league. Outside of Los Angeles, outside of the Lakers, because they're probably better than Kawhi and Paul George. Definitely better than Kawhi and Paul George. Yep. In my opinion. But is it combustible? I mean, how much time do we got to consider what Kyrie Irving might do this season? That's true. What's what's he gonna find a problem with? Is he gonna get into an argument with the hot dog vendor about the you know about selling processed meat? Is he gonna go and uh, take a if he's gonna go out to the Statue of Liberty? And say there was for some reason that it was it's wrong for us to have it. I don't know. What's what's he going to choose to care about this year? You know, Kyrie Irving. He's done a lot of charitable stuff. He's donated a ton of uh, a ton Good of guy. money to ch- to charities yep. over the course of this pandemic, and you know, help and helped out uh, small businesses. I mean, he, he's a really good guy, but he just doesn't know when to shut his mouth. He, he has no idea when to stop. Right, and I'm not sure if he if he really if he's doing this because he really wants the attention or he doesn't want the attention, he needs to figure out what he wants. So hopefully if he can just keep, if Steve Nash can keep him focused, the sky's the limit for this team. Cause once Kevin Durant gets back in the mid season shape, look out, it's going to be a slow start. This team has a lot to figure out 
But once Kevin Durant gets in midseason form, and if Kyrie Irving is locked in, this team, it, there's a, I have a hard time believing there, besides maybe like four other teams in the NBA could stop them. Yep. You're right on. The sky's the limit for this team, talent-wise. And by the way, healthy Kevin Durant, best player in the East by far. Yep. And second best player in the league. I don't want to hear any any. No, nope, uh, I any agree. hundred percent. So can they make this whole dysfunctional? Probably, but Kyrie's going to post up in games eight times a game. But KD only wants it two and a half. They're doing Instagram live game plan together. Can Steve Nash coach? Can Mike D'Antoni be an assistant? Does Spencer Dinwiddie want to come off the bench? Does Karis LeVert want to come off the bench? It's just a bunch of moving parts and a bunch of noise. They have but, to figure it out. And, and a healthy Kevin Durant, I think, can pull it all together. They're a finals-level team, arguably, title or bust for them from their perspective. Uh, it, I don't want to say finals or bust yet because you, I want to give it more than one year with Steve Nash's head coach. But from their perspective, like, they went there to win titles together. Like, they're not going to waste Of course. Time. But if they don't win it this season, I don't – I mean, Kyrie might want to walk out. Kyrie might burn, his, might burn down the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Nick Foles got a statue, but why can't I? Um, <laughs> I, I just think, like, it all rests on Steve Nash's ability to keep this team as a unit and keep them cohesive. If he can do that, this team has a lot of potential. It's just going to take a little bit of time for them to figure it out. And I, it might, and when I say a little bit of time, I'm talking like All Star break. They might have a really slow up and down start to the season. Yep. They might be really streaky, but I don't don't jump ship yet. Mm-hmm. Don't bail. Right. Stay the course, and if you don't make it this year, fine. It's your first year figuring it out. But next year, then is when I say, okay, you've had a year of it. Now it's time to really get it going. And they're going to be a better, arguably, playoff team than regular season team. But let's round out the East real quick. Okay. The Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal Wizards. So that's a team where I think, like, I'm high on them. When I say on them, I say on the duo of Beal and Westbrook and, the head co- and their head coach, Scott Brooks. I like that pairing. I just don't like the rest of their team. I think we're going to see sort of a current renaissance for Westbrook. Is he going to go back to what he was in like 2016, 2017, averaging a triple-double and winning an MVP? No. But having another star player next to him who can create his own shot off ball and let Russ you know, go ISO, charge the net, and be Russ again in Bradley Beal is really going to benefit him. They're going to run a very similar offense to what they, ha- to what they ran with Kevin Durant, OKC, Scott Brooks was that head coach there. So he knows how to make this work. I just question how good is the rest of that team? That's a good, that's, you know, that's a good point of caution there. They're going to be a lot like Atlanta, I believe. They're going to play fast. They're going to, you know, really want to get up the court and make the most out of Russ, uh, Russ's speed and his athleticism. But they're going to have no defense. They're, they were the worst defensive team in the league last year. And then they, they, you know, they bring in Russ, who on and off motivated on that side of the court. It's going to be interesting to see. Like, I think it's going to work, to be honest. And, and by work, I mean they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to get back to the playoffs. They're going to achieve that. I don't think they're going to make it very far, but they're going to be interesting. And, hey, whenever they're on national TV, I'm going to tune in. It's going to be interesting to watch. It'll be a fun team. They're going to be uplifting. Yeah, they will be. 
They'll be a fun team to watch. The Eastern Conference will be a fun conference to watch. But coming in next, we'll get to the Western Conference, and we'll start with the reigning, defending, world champion LA Lakers. Can they repeat as champs this year? Our thoughts next on the final call. Jason, LeBron got his fourth ring? Fourth. LeBron got his fourth ring last year. Will he get his fifth this year? So many you can hardly keep up. Yeah, he's got, he's got his fourth. Um, he can absolutely get his fifth. Absolutely. Um, they're the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, I agree. They can, they can make the finals. I think they could win it. But I think this regular season for the Lakers won't be as dominant as it was last year. They're not going to run through the West and run the table as they did. They're going to take a step back, and I think it's going to have to do with how LeBron is going to manage his minutes. You know, he really carried this team to the finals last year. And it's likely, it was likely the best single-season performance of his career. He did that at 35. But he's almost 36. The offseason was only two months long. LeBron keeps himself in incredible shape, but he, I think he'd be wise to conserve the gas he has and keep it in the tank for the playoffs. Uh, hypothetically, in theory, but LeBron's a different animal. If there's any guy that can do it, it's LeBron. And it's... I think they're going to find a way to not load manage him and take off games entirely, but they're going to, they're going to be a team that hinges on like golden state did a few years ago of let's just get up by so much that LeBron doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. That's going to be how, because at the end of the day, LeBron, he, he has a, you know, he said a couple of years ago, he's chasing the ghost uh, number 23 in Chicago. He's chasing the all time leading scoring mark set by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's a couple thousand points away but if he wants to, you know, get there by, you know, age 38, age 39, he's going to have to play as many games as he can. So I feel like, you know, he wants to scratch that itch. And honestly, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. Like it goes like Lakers for me, and we'll get to projections in, later on, but Lakers and then like a solid bit of space and then everyone else. Um, I don't know if that'll, that'll be how it shakes out in the regular season. Like you said, it might translate differently, but in terms of, you know, playoff acumen, you know, playoff experience. I feel like the Lakers are on a different level. Yeah, once they get to the postseason, I would pick the Lakers over anybody. But in the regular season, I really think LeBron's going to step back a little bit this year just to conserve his energy and get to the finals, get to the postseason, chase ring number five. However, that's going to put a ton of stress on Anthony Davis. I kind of question if he can be a 1A player on a championship team. I do too. You know, in the regular season, sure, he can win you some games, but once they get to the postseason, LeBron has to be next to him. And we've seen that in the past. What it, Andrew, what's a, um, what's a team that was led by Anthony Davis for eight years? It's called oh, New Orleans. Well, uh, <laughs> it's called New I Orleans. Were, I thought that was asking me. Oh, no, no. It was hypothetical. Something called New Orleans that the league, you know, has to help out every 12 minutes. It's, you know, a team that not a title contender, barely a playoff team if they're lucky, but it's, I don't love it. I don't love an Anthony Davis led team. I know Anthony Davis took another step. He took another stride. He, he's a better player now than he ever was, but still, I still have that concern and they're going to need LeBron if they want to seriously be a title contender without LeBron. They're more of a middling Western conference playoff team, but we're going to see Anthony Davis MVP rumors this year, I believe, because he's going to be the 1A. He's going to be, have the offense run through him. 
it's just going to be LeBron feeding them the ball. And that pressure alone is going to be enough to make the Lakers a better team. How do you feel about the surrounding cast? Love it. Love it. Wes Matthews, um, Montrez Harold, Dennis Schroeder on a budget. Marcus Saul off the bench. Oh my, he might actually, they might even start him over. over no, Harold, they'll start but, him. Yeah. They'll but start still, him. but still in terms of depth. Wow. And, and, we were having these conversations last year, like midway through the season. I think it was the trade deadline. We were like, how is this team going to get any better? You know, they're going to pay Anthony Davis everything and more. They're going to obviously keep LeBron. Is Kuzma going to have to be that third star to kind of make ends meet? No, he's not going to have to. And they bring in Schroeder on $9 million a year. Harold, same thing. Two of the six men of the year, one of the winners and two of the uh, high candidates um, off the bet. It's going to be amazing for them um, just to relieve that pressure. Like you're saying, off LeBron, they're going to need as much help as they can. And they got it on a budget. Don't you think, though, I mean, I feel like the starting lineup for the Lakers this year would have to be Gasol, Davis, James, probably KCP, and then Schroeder's your point guard. I mean, that, that, I think that, that makes the most sense. Or, you know, depends on, you know, West Matthews, KCP, interchangeable. But, you know, by and large, it, by the way, if Taylor Horton Tucker continues putting up these numbers in the preseason, I don't know if Dennis Schroeder's safe. I mean, <laughs> he, might, he might even steal that, that starting spot. He's been incredible at 19 years old. My gosh. Um, but, yeah, they're finding players left and right. And a major question, I don't know if it's as urgent as it was last year, but I want to pose this to you. What are we going to see from Kyle Kuzma this year? I mean, there were times in the past that we were like, Kuzma or Tatum, who you taking? It's not even close now. But what are we going to see from Kuzma this year? I mean, he's 25 years old. He's on the last year of his deal. So I'd imagine if he's playing for his contract, you're going to see a big step from him. I think he's going to be that key player off the bench, that key go-to scorer. And that's what I think the Lakers hope from him. But will he take that next step that's entirely rests on his shoulders? We've seen flashes. Last postseason was a step in the right direction, but he's got to take the ball and run with it now. No question. And I think he'll have those opportunities, especially with off the bench. It won't be Kuzma, you're out there with Alex Caruso and, and you know, not, not much talent. He's going to have to play within the group, and I think that'll be you know, really key for him um, as a growth of a player. But I've, Marcus Saul, I love Marcus Saul, especially, you know, we see teams like Golden State in the past. Uh, obviously, he was with Toronto. But if you can have a passing center that can kind of manipulate, Al Horford's kind of like this with the Celtics perennially in the past. Um, if you can have a, a center at the top of the key that can kind of move things around for you, defensively also can play as well, but mainly offensively, get LeBron off the ball, make some cuts, Anthony Davis as well. I, I like Marcus Saul addition, arguably not more than anything else, because I, I love Schroeder and Harrell as well, but he's going to have to play a key role for them going forward. Does it somewhat limit Anthony Davis, though, just take up a little bit too much room underneath the basket where Anthony Davis is strongest? I think it helps him because Marcus Saul, don't, don't forget, he can stretch the floor as well. He can, he can make some mid-range shots. He doesn't, he's not like – he's not the Horford to Anthony Davis' Joel Embiid. He's not, he, he won't be in the way. Um, but anything, I, I feel like it'll help him f- facilitate and you know, get another playmaker to feed the ball to Anthony Davis. I think that'll be key, too. Okay. How about the Clippers? Oh, boy. You know, I mean, have they solved their chemistry issues? We've been over this team a ton the last couple of weeks. 
have they solved those issues? Can Kawhi and Paul George really be the leaders of this team? What will be different under Ty Lue? I came into the show prepared. I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. I, I, what do you want me to, I don't know what to expect. I mean, part of me is like, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, they've been in this league long enough. They're kind of set in their ways. And I know that's kind of a bad way to put it, but they, they're used to the NBA by now. They're not like, oh, you want me to play like this? Okay, I will. They're, they're perennial all-stars. They're MVP candidates. They're like, yeah, I've been doing this for long enough. I know how to play the game. I'm, I'm not going to budge. Part of me feels that way, but part of me is like, they have something to play for. They, their reputations are down right now. A lot of people are not picking the Clippers as much as they were last year. This team is, you know, arguably trending downwards. And I still like this team. It's just, like you said, can they stitch it all together? I have my doubts. I'm going to say they can. It's possible. But I, I wouldn't necessarily bet a chunk of change on it. I think they're going to be motivated to do this year. I think after last year, the way they've sort of been dragged to the coals, uh, you know, this offseason, this team is going to be sort of primed and ready to come out of the gates hot. So I have big expectations for them, but it will ultimately be dictated by how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George lead this team. You know, I said when we went over the George's extension is that this is a signal from the front office that him and Kawhi are the leaders of this team. And now they need to act like it. No more than canceling practices or showing up late to team flights. No more personal warm-up spaces for Kawhi. If you're going to be the leader of this team, they need to carry themselves like they are. But it also depends on Ty Lue to keep the two of them in check. He's got to step up and say to them, like, hey, get your head back on straight. Hey, you're part of this team too, all right? No one, no one died and named you king, all right? That's what they, he has to be there for. Now, I also expect that with Paul George finally a year removed from double shoulder surgery, he'll have a better season. What do you think, though? I, th I think he's going to be motivated. Now, will he return to that OKC version where he was in the upper echelon of MVP? I don't no way. But in terms of coming back to an all-star form, in terms of being that guy that Kawhi wanted, I think he can fill that role. I think he can be the second best player on a championship team. I, I genuinely feel that. I don't care about you know playoff P. I don't care about backboard P. He's got a lot to, to prove, but I feel like my gut says he can do it. Um, but his, his toes are to the fire right now. He, he's got to perform to get people back on his side, especially, you know, people were saying like maybe the, the Clippers were searching out trade opportunities to, to trade Paul George before they signed him to five years. I didn't understand that rumor because if you wanted to sign him for five years, why would you want to trade him? Um, but they're committed to these two and everyone else is ultimately going to have to fall back in line. So I think Paul George can, can come to a little bit of a resurgence. I just don't know if it'll be peak Paul George again, but it will be better than what we saw in the playoffs. Absolutely. Will they manage their minutes this year? Will Paul George and Kawhi Leonard uh, load manage this year? The, yeah, they'll load, they'll load manage. It just won't be to the degree it was almost where it was like chronic load management, where it was like, you know, we played a game in Denver on Tuesday. We're going to be out on Friday and Saturday against Memphis and New Orleans. It, it won't be like that. I mean, they won't play every third game, but uh, I, I believe there will be some degree of it. It just won't be as extreme. Now, let's move on to the team that knocked the Clippers off last year in the, play, in the postseason, Denver. Yep. Can they carry that momentum over from this from that postseason run they had last year? 
I think they can. They're it's it, they're capable of it. Um, can you Nikola Jokic emerge as an MB, MVP um, consideration? I think he can. He's got the talent. Jamal Murray. They're gonna need. You know, they prided themselves on their depth, and then they lose uh, Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee to Detroit. Can they make up for that? I think they can. I think they're the. I don't know if they're a title team. That's what I. That's I, what I, I mean, I, I I'm gonna push back on Jokic in the MVP race, because like, can you, you can do it? No, can you prove that an offense can still run through a big man? That I'll give you. He can prove that this year. But he's not as prolific of a scorer as he needs to be if he's going to win MVP. I mean, he averages, his career average is 17 points a game. You know? Like, yeah, great passer. Probably the best passing big man of all time. But in this league, when you have Titans like LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, if things are going the way we're going to predict, maybe Jason Tatum's in the race for that, Jokic isn't going to put up those types of numbers, at least scoring-wise. He'll have double-digit assists every night. Mm-hmm. but he's not going to average 25, 30 points a game. That's just not who he is. He definitely needs to be more aggressive. Um, I don't know. Part of me feels like, you know, if Denver has a season that they finish the regular season with the best record in the West, which I think is possible because I feel like, you know, the Lakers, like you said, they might, you know, manage some stuff. And I'm not really high on anyone else emerging to that top spot. If Denver can do it and, you know, they have the West by the hands, I – you can kind of go with the whole like best player on the best team kind of narrative. I don't know. Yeah. He definitely needs to be more aggressive, but I feel like he's got the talent to do it. Well, Um, I mean, to me, Denver's Denver's entire fate rests on the shoulders of two players. Yeah. Jokic, but we know he's going to be, but the two players I'm talking about are Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. Murray had his first all-star season last year. Uh, he had a great showing in the postseason, multiple 50-point games, one even a 60-point game against Utah. If he can carry that momentum over into this year, the Nuggets will be a powerhouse in the West, right? The one who I have more questions about is Porter, though. He showed flashes, and I think out of anyone, he's got the best skill set to replace Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup, but he's got to remain consistent. You know, he can't be streaky. He's got to be in there every night. He's got to be putting up double-digit points, double-digit rebounds, and he's got to be in there as a stretch four. Yeah. You know, because I don't love Paul. I mean, Paul Millsaps is technically the four, and then you would have Porter Jr. as your three. But he's the one that's going to stretch the floor. He's the one that's going to make room for Jokic down low. You know, that often – if he can really step up and, and breach the potential, he was – rumored to have coming out of Missouri, then you got something to work with in Denver. Let's move to a team that is on the up and up, the Dallas Mavericks. You think he's on the up the up? You don't think? You go first on this one. I mean, I love Luka. I do. But I just think without Porzingis this year, this team is not as good as everyone else thinks it is. They didn't make a ton of moves. They lost uh, Seth Curry. Is Luca? I mean, he'll put up the offensive scoring numbers to be in the MVP race, but I just don't think the rest of the roster around him is good enough to be a legitimate contender in the West. I mean, that that's fair. I I'm higher on them than you are, and Porzingis is only going to miss, I believe, the start of the year. He's not going to miss the entire thing. Well, there's they're saying he's out for the start of the year, but there's no timetable on his return. Yeah. So without knowing when he'll be back. I mean, it's not like Porzingis is it. I don't think he's ever going to reach what he was with New York. 
when he first started because of his, those knee injuries. But he, I think Luca needs someone to play off of. But that's, but that's not that's not a knock on him because so does everybody else. LeBron has Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum have J- and Jalen Brown, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Like there's that there, Luca can't win on his own, and that's a tall task for anybody. But this the rest of this Mavericks roster just isn't that stellar compared to some of the other teams in the West. Yeah, they're kind of middle of the pack, but I feel like Dallas is one of those teams that I'm just waiting on to pop. One of these years, they're just going to pop, and Luke is going to be at the. He's going to be spearheading yep. it, and yep. I feel like you know he's the he's the odds-on favorite to be the MVP today. Um, Who really thinks so? Uh, Vegas thinks so. Oof. You you disagree? I just. I think there are going to be a lot of there are going to be players on better teams who are going to get votes because of that. Best player on the best team. Yeah, Luka's going to put up great numbers, but the, his team just isn't as good as some of the other teams. They're not better than the Lakers. They're not better than the Bucks. They're not better than the Clippers. They're not better than the Celtics. The Mavericks are, again, middle of the pack in the West. I just don't love the rest of their roster, even with Porzingis. I like Josh Richardson. I like they'll, make, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. They'll make the postseason. They might get, you know, to the second or third. They might get the second round. I don't know about conference finals, but. Oh, no, just, no. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I feel like you're going to have an MVP. You're going to be an MVP candidate. You are conference finals, finals material. Mm-hmm. Your team is. But this is going to be one of these teams, like we talked about with Atlanta and I talked about Washington. They're going to be fun as heck to Absolutely. watch. Fast Absolutely. Fast paced. They're going to play through Luka isolation ball. It's going to be fun, and they're going to – guess what? They're going to play zero defense with – you know, I like Josh Richardson on defense, but he's not enough to change the tide because in the bubble, they were, they were like relying on shootouts. Um, but again, I just hinge on Luka. Luka's going to pop one of these years. It might be this year. And, it might you know, be. I, I, he, yeah. he will put up the offensive numbers, especially without Porzingis being – he was already the primary ball handler, but now he's even more touches. Yeah. I have no doubts about his ability. I have no doubts about him putting up gaudy, outrageous stats. But the rest of this Mavericks roster just isn't that good. Let's go to a team that also has a primary ball handler um, that has also kind of reshaped their roster in, in, in a sense. How about Portland? Kind of quietly throughout this offseason, making some minor moves, but they might pay off. I mean, to me, the biggest question about this team is just can they stay healthy? You know, Last year, it was either too many injuries or guys still trying to figure out their roles. Damian Lillard has that knee flare-up. CJ McCollum had the back injury. Nurkic was, was out. Carmelo Anthony was kind of trying to figure out how to slide into that bench role. I like this team. I like this roster. I think they're well-coached. I think they fight. I think they have heart. I just question their ability to stay on the floor. And they need to pull out a little Miami Heat because – they need to really embody kind of that mindset of we're just going to play. And, you know, I love the Robert Covington move. That was, that kind of fell under the radar a little bit. That was swept under the rug. That came early in the off season. Um, I like the, the Derek Jones jr. Addition. Um, Mello's coming back for another year. They get Zach Collins back healthy. Uh, they lose Hassan Whiteside, but he didn't necessarily fit there anyway. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic played really well in the playoffs. I, I was howling from the rooftop, uh, Yusuf Nurkic is the most underrated player in the league in the bubble. He played really well for them. Uh, and then most notably, they get Enes Kanter back as well off the bench, a uh, little offensive punch there. So I like him. I really do. 
Uh, they're without a doubt a playoff team, and Dame's going to you know lead the charge on that. But the biggest thing, in my opinion, is how this team is going to make that next jump with that backcourt. I mean, they've been together for about five, six years now. They got to the Western Conference Finals, but never were really competitive with Golden State. But then again, who will who is competitive against Golden State aside from uh, LeBron and you know Kawhi Leonard when Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson you know get hurt? But anyway, um, it's how long are we going to go with this all offense, no defense backcourt? It's is the time ticking? I don't know, but that city's embedded embedded to the both of them. But in terms of if you want to be a Finals level team. How like how much longer can you get along with those duo? I hear you, and I think that's why I think adding Robert Covington and having Nurkic back healthy and at full strength that makes up for the for the uh, McCollum and uh, Lillard's defensive lapses. If, yeah, right? if they're lucky. Yeah, but if it's just this team can stay healthy because they they showed last they they scrapped and clawed and fought their way back into postseason contention after having an abysmal first half of the year, they were horrible. They've, they've showed what they're made of. Can they just stay healthy? They added some really good pieces to complement what they already had. But can they stay healthy is just my biggest question about them. Another team that's dealing with injury issues, and I hate to say it's, it's Golden State. You know, and Steph Curry's coming back after only playing five games last year, but can he carry this team without Clay Thompson? I say yes, but there's just so much youth and inexperience on this roster that's going to be incredibly difficult for him. You know, losing Clay Thompson, absolutely devastating. It's just without Clay, this I really hated it. I hate to think about the possibility that Clay Thompson will never be back to what he was. Coming back from two catastrophic knee injury, two catastrophic leg injuries in two years, not playing for that long. Will the Warriors and will the will the Splash Brothers be ever be what they were? I don't think so. So you really have to think about who on this team is going to step up, who is going to fill that void this year, and maybe for the next couple of years. And they're hoping it's going to be Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. Now, two players that haven't honestly played a lot of meaningful games in the NBA, but they have the talent. And like you said, I it hurts me to even think about Clay Thompson missing another game. Uh, I love Clay, and I love the Splash Brothers, and it, they made a lot of what I like about basketball playing together chemistry shooting threes love it all you know high paced play and they kind of reverse the narrative of jump shooting teams can't make the finals and not only did they do that but they were the best team in nba history and honestly they were two of the you know major leading factors in the greatest team ever assembled um so you know it gnaws at me that i'm i'm not going to see that duo for another year. I think they can come back to what they were. I honestly think it's possible. Um, but this year, it's they didn't add the veterans that I thought they should have in the offseason. And I was thinking Paul Millsap. I was thinking, you know, guys like that that can, you know, switch on to different guys in pick and roll, that can defend different positions and really take the load off Steph because who does Steph have to, you know, rely on this year? I mean, not a lot of playoff experience there. I mean, I think Ubre is primed for a breakout season. He's 24. He's had a couple good years with the, with the Phoenix Suns. I, I think he's primed to really step up and to fill that role. Not to the degree that Thompson did, obviously. But he can fill in there and, and be a, another scoring option for the starting lineup. I think adding Kent Bazemore is a move that we're all kind of forgetting about. Good defensive player, good 3 and D guy off the bench. 
The one question I really have is whether or not Andrew Wiggins can be anything close to what he was or was rumored to be when he was drafted first overall in 2014. That's the real question for me. Another one is what role is James Wiseman going to have in his rookie year? I mean, again, I think he's, there's going to be a lot more expected of him in his rookie season than we originally anticipated. The guy's only played three organized games of basketball since high school. What, how long is it going to take James Wiseman to really get his groove and really get his footing in the NBA? It's going to take a while, but they're hoping it's going to be soon because they're going to need it to be soon. It's going to need to be soon because if you look at these lottery picks, James Wiseman is the only one that's like, yeah, you need to start on a finals desiring team. They're hoping they, they can get Steph another ring. He's the only lottery pick that's like, all right, you need to come in. You need to start for us. And by the way, we're trying to make the playoffs here. So, so James, like you said, and by the way, he got COVID. So he's missed training camp. He's missed the preseason. He hasn't stepped foot in the NBA yet. And uh, it's all the wrong things are going on for this team. And it's unfortunate. Steph's going to play. Steph's going to play his heart out. Steph and Oubre and Wiggins, they're going to do the most with what they have. But I'm just having doubts that they're thin. They're thin. And even the, the pieces that they have, Damian Lee, I like a lot. Um, Michael Mulder had some standout moments last year. James Wiseman is going to have to play stand-up minutes for this team. I know. Hey, there's a lot of questions for this team. That Another team that I think has a lot of questions, Utah, the Jazz. You know, talking about a team that, you know, really struggled in the postseason last year. A lot of us kind of expected a better fight out of them against uh, Denver. I mean, I know that went to seven games, but they blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah. You know, they yep. – they, and I think a lot of that had to do with the, a lack of rotational depth, a lot, a lack of bench pieces. They didn't add much this year. What kind of strain is that going to put on Donovan Mitchell? Well, they signed the Supermax, so it's, he's not really, you know, I know it doesn't kick in until next year, but going forward, he doesn't do that much of a favor, um, you know, adding key depth there. But Rudy Gobert wants the Supermax. He's, he's not, not going to the Supermax. That's what, what everyone under the sun is saying, but he wants a Supermax. And they're paying Mike Conley $34 million, and Bojan Bogdanovic is back. And they're lacking. They didn't really take a step up. And they, they just made a bunch of lateral moves. Derek Favors, good. I like the addition. But they were missing that kind of bench athlete. They were missing that Derek Jones Jr. that can come in, spark, you know, spark plug, and, and just play. They needed like a Bogdan Bogdanovic that could come in instant offense and you know, relieve the pressure. Like you said, Donovan Mitchell, can he relieve the pressure? I, I don't think he can. He's you know, bound for a play, an all-star appearance. But long-term, I don't know if it'll play all that well. I mean... I think if you can at least, I mean, Mike Conley's paid $34 million a year. He's played more like a $10 million a year guy at that. Can he at least step up and meet in the middle and be somewhere like around a $15, $18 million player? If they can get that out of Mike Conley, I like this team. But Donovan Mitchell's going to have to play a ton of minutes during this year. Rudy Gobert's going to have to stay healthy. Same with Bogdanovich. Uh, And Joe Ingles, too. We're forgetting about him. Yep. You know, I just... A lot has to go right with this team. And that's how I feel about a lot of the teams in the West. Like, they're good, but there's a lot of them who I have some legitimate questions about. And it's just like, whoever can sort of, like, just stay healthy during the regular season will have the best shot at coming out in the West. I feel like this kind of goes for both uh, conferences. But for me, when I was looking through all these teams, outside of the Lakers, 
I like a lot of these teams, but I'm not like I feel like they, the league's a lot closer. And a lot of people, that's what they were asking for when they were like parody. And I like, you know, a lot of competitive teams. But who, like, what teams do you love outside of the Lakers? Like, all these teams have a fatal flaw. We were talking about fatal flaws last not episode. A ton. Like, not a ton of them. I, I mean, a ton, of, a ton of them have fatal flaws. I mean, yeah. I, I like Portland. I like Dallas. I, I like Philadelphia. I, I like Toronto. I, I love the Lakers. That's it. Well, tell me how, how, tell me how you feel about New Orleans. Like them, don't love them. I mean, can Zion stay healthy? Bingo. Stan Van Gundy, Stephen. Ad- By the way, Stephen Adams. Nope, no team is gonna want to run through a pick against the Pelicans. Oh my gosh, talk about the injury. If, is there a list out there, Andrew? Maybe you can answer this for me. Is there some sort of list or advanced analytic that states like how many injuries were suffered against this team? Because there's going to be a lot of teams getting banged. I like up to find. The I like. To, I mean, they're going to be. I like to find that out. They're going to be incredibly physical. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to have. Stephen Adams was brought in with the mindset of being like, "You're protecting Zion. You're protecting Lonzo. <laughs> you're protecting Brandon Ingram. Right. You're going to go out there and just be a wall. Let those guys run to the rim. Let those guys let Ingram shoot from outside, and just you just stand there and just be the seven foot, giant New Zealand monster." <laughs> and just swat anything that comes in your way. That's yeah. what his role is. And they have the coach. They have a coach who's perfectly fit for that. I think they're going to be a smart team. Understand Van Gundy. I think they'll be incredibly physical. They just need to learn how to win. Yep. And they better do it fast because this is New Orleans's last stand. This really is. What? Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, now Zion. New Orleans, the city, this franchise. They've been given so many chances by the NBA. And they haven't been able to figure out. I think this is their last shot. If they can't make it work with Zion, and they have a few years to do it. Okay. I'm not saying that it's championship or bust for them. But if we get to year five or six, and Zion hasn't reached the conference finals yet, like the NBA might consider moving the, the Pelicans out of New Orleans. They definitely helped them out a lot. And, because they've yeah. tried and tried and tried to make New Orleans a basketball town. And it just hasn't worked. It's a football and college football town. It really is. Um, but I like Eric Bledsoe. I like Josh. Like, this is a team that's on the rise. They, they need Zion to stay healthy. They need Lonzo to be more consistent. They need Brandon Ingram to come into his own a little bit. And obviously, we made the all-star team last year, most improved player candidate. But can he make that next jump of bona fide all-star? We're assuming he's an all-star at this point. He can score 25 points a game on a nightly basis. He's our number one option. Can he be that guy? We'll have to wait and see. But I like the moves they made in the offseason. You like Stanley Van Gundy a lot more than me. Um, but I agree in principle that this team's going to be physical. This team's going to be more you know, intelligent. Um, I feel like they could have done more with that head coaching vacancy than they did. I don't hate the Van Gundy thing, but I feel like they left some more on the table. Who, who would have fit better? Doc Rivers. 100%. Yeah, I don't hate. Yeah. Yeah, in, I don't disagree opinion. with that. I don't disagree with that at all, actually. That's a good one. Yeah. It's, and this goes back to me harping on Doc Rivers being a developmental guy. Because I feel like Doc Rivers would have been just like, and we don't want to have to go into hypotheticals for very long, but um, Doc Rivers would have just been like, Zion, you're going to be Kevin Garnett. Here's how you do it. And I feel like it would have been good. Um, but I, I like this team fringe playoff team 
Jason, how do you feel about the Phoenix Suns this year? I mean, they we're talking about someone who's ready to break out. Devin Booker is it. What do you expect from him? Devin Booker, all-star appearance. And I know he didn't miss it by very much, but he um, he missed it at first. Then he had to replace Damian Lillard because of injury. But uh, Devin Booker, top five scorer in the game. Really, can he can rack him up. And 70 points in his second year. I feel like, you know, he'll be a top five scorer this year. He'll, he'll average about 28 points a night. And this year will be different because it'll translate to more wins than he'll ever have. This is going to be the best season Devin Booker's ever had in his career. And he'll, he'll build on the momentum of, of the eight, no Orlando series, um, you know, trip uh, coming back from the hiatus. Um, Devin Booker, he's going to be the James Harden of, of this group. He's going to, you know, really take over. I believe he's poised for a breakout year and most improved player candidate, I believe, because Phoenix, we never really watched Phoenix before. Now they're going to be, they're going to have an eye on him with Chris Paul. I just feel like his game is going to be amplified, but as a team, how do you think that eight, no uh, bubble experience will translate to the culture? Ooh. I mean, they'll be hungry. They'll be definitely in contention for a playoff spot. I don't know what they get in just yet. I think there are a couple teams I have ahead of them. Um, I think having Chris Paul uh, is going to be a great sort of mentor for Devin Booker. But also, I wonder what's left, what DeAndre Ayton has in store. Uh, ultimately, this I think this team is just about one year away from breaking from breaking that glass ceiling, though. And I love Monty Williams as a coach. Culture They're center. on the rise. Yeah. They're definitely on the rise. I just think one year away. They need if they, if they could pick up one more piece, they could pick up one more score, then I like them. I just don't think with some of the other teams in the West that I have ahead of them, they're on that level yet. N- nice but, pun, by the way. Nice pun, but I didn't want to go uh, let that go unnoticed. I they're on the rise. Suns rising. Like uh-huh. it. Yes, correct, because that was intentional. Absolutely intentional. <laughs> but one team that might be falling, Houston, and we'll, we'll move through this one quick. I mean, just trade James Harden. Trade James Harden. Why are you being so stubborn with this? I don't get it. Why are they are the Rockets? Why is Raphael Stone so intent on keeping James Harden? He obviously doesn't want to be there anymore. Multiple teams are interested. The 76ers are offering Ben Simmons. Take the deal. James Harden is now trying to eat his way out of town. Someone tell Raphael Stone to just make the move, rip the Band-Aid off, and move on. Okay? You have a great offer from Philadelphia on the table. Take it. Get a franchise player in Ben Simmons to build your team around. Start from the bottom. Come back next season stronger. Maybe John Wall and Ben Simmons would be a great duo together. Who knows? Two guys who are trying to reset their careers, I think would be fantastic. But the run of James Harden with the Houston Rockets is over. And they're in denial. And I just don't get why. I'm... Can I, you know, outside of John Wall and Ben Simmons being a great duo, can I like copy and paste that into my? I say potentially. (laughs) I know. I'm not saying they're going to be. I know, but trade James Harden, please. Just get this over with. Honestly, for me, send him to Brooklyn because I I want more stuff to talk about. I want that team to be, you know, explosive as anything else. Um, But just trade him in general. It's the story's old. We've talked about it a zillion times. The Rockets aren't interesting. It's. What, what do we trade James Harden? Honestly, that's <laughs> point taken. Please 
You know, I mean, they're, I don't want to say they're not interesting. There's some players to follow. I'm interested in seeing how John Wall looks, how he comes back. Obviously, I want to know how, what Steven Silas can do as a head coach because I feel bad for him that he has to deal with this in his first season as a head coach of an organization. I also, I, I'm curious of what is what DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood are because, I mean, what versions are they, are they going to get? Are we going to get the Christian Wood from three, you know, the, like a three-month run of last season? where he was fantastic, but then they just gave him $30 million a year just because of that, where he hasn't really put up anything besides. And DeMarcus Cousins, what is he? I have no clue. I don't really – I don't have the Rockets in my playoff picture, so they might as well just rip the Band-Aid off, get rid of James Harden, and start over from scratch because they're not making the postseason. And we'll make some postseason predictions next. Playoff teams, MVP picks – who, what players are prepared to pop and who's making the finals next on the final call. Back on the final call, final segment. This segment is brought to you by New England Sports United.com, written by the one and only Jason Snow, New England Sports United.com, written for New England. A great publication. You kind of threw me off my game there because I wasn't expecting us to. I know. I just realized I forgot to do it. That's okay. I always plug it for you because it it is a great publication. I just realized I forgot to do it. Check out the the scoreboard times. Show your passion while you're here. Written by the one and only Andrew Fantuccio. Oh, I'm not the one and only. There there is another Andrew Fantuccio. Is there? There is. You surprisingly. I live on the same planet as two Andrew Fantuccios. How lucky am I? Although I mean, he I think he's like my third cousin. Yes. Oh, you guys are related. We're I thought related. you were like you Googled it. No. Oh, I I guarantee. No, here's. I mean, I, that's how I. No. Well, I've never. We'll talk this about the, after the show. There's <laughs> really where no one cares how many people have my name. Uh, but who? NBA playoffs. Who's making it? Who who makes the cut? You want to start in the East or the West? Let's do. Uh, let's start out East. You you want to go go first? You can go first. All right. So here's how I have the Eastern Conference shaping up: the Bucks, Celtics. Nets, Heat, 76ers, Raptors, Hawks, and Wizards are my playoff teams. Okay. In that order, per seed. What do you got? All right. In the Eastern Conference, let me get out my files here. Number one seed. They wear green, the Boston Celtics. I feel like they're, they're going to be the record-wise, they're going to be the number one seed in the East, followed by the almighty Miami Heat. Uh, who have you know certainly something to to prove that they can get back there. So I feel like motivated regular season. I like them at number two. Number three, they never sell us short in the regular season. The Milwaukee Bucks come in at number three. Uh, number four, have to put the most talented team in there somehow. Brooklyn. Um, they're going to be more of a postseason team than regular season team, but obviously talent alone that'll find them their ways into the uh, win column. Five is the always slept on Toronto Raptors. They're going to be competitive again. Six is the revamped Philadelphia 76ers. I like their coaching move. We talked about it earlier. Seven is Washington. And, you know, I don't know how much defense will be played in that, um, that team, but they're, they'll be a playoff team, in my opinion, at number seven. And rounding out the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference is a team that I'm, I'm going to reward for their offseason, and I'm punishing a team for not having a great offseason. I'm going to put Atlanta at number eight, and I'm going to have Indiana on the outside looking in. 
So we have a we have all the same teams just in different order. Yep. So let's start with number one. I had the Bucks, but you have the Celtics. To you, what puts the Celtics over the Bucks? I feel like Milwaukee has reached a point where they realize the regular season isn't everything. So I feel like they're gonna not put the brakes on, but they're gonna do what Golden State did a few years ago and let Houston get that number one seed. And you know, let's just really work on ourselves for the playoffs. And if that means taking a game off here, resting Giannis a quarter here, just playing it game by game, I feel like is is a strategy Milwaukee will use. So I, I feel like they'll they'll slide their way down to number three in my opinion. But Boston, they I don't know if they've quite reached that point. They're still a young team. Um, they I feel like they they want to prove that they're an upper echelon team. So, I so feel you're like just saying. Are you saying the Bucks are number one caliber team? They just won't play for it. They have the potential. I'm not ruling out that they're going to do it. I just don't think that they will. Like, I, I don't think you're crazy. Well, are they, are they good one. enough to be number one team? Absolutely. They're, they're okay, that's enough. what I'm wondering. Yeah, they're good I'm enough. surprised you have the Heat at number two. Okay. Why is that? I just, you know, I explained it a little bit. They're, they're motivated. Nobody's picking them. To, to even make it remotely close to the finals. I mean, we're all dreaming about Lakers, Brooklyn, Lakers, Bucks, you know, even Lakers, Celtics. Where are the Heat? They're kind of get lost in the mix. And I feel like, you know, not to say that their finals appearance came off as fraudulent, but it kind of came out of nowhere. And they're, I feel like they're going to be motivated enough. You know, Heat culture, passion, heart. They want to prove that they belong. And I feel like in the regular season, that might, that might be a good place to show it. Well, I have them at four. And I think that's just because like I said, when we were talking about them earlier, people are aware of them now. Teams have the Heat on their radar. No one expected the Heat to come out of the Eastern Conference last year. Mm-hmm. So now they have a target on their backs. I think they proved they're good. They're undoubtedly a good team. They're just not as talented as the Bucks, the Celtics, or the Nets, on paper at least. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to surprise those teams anymore. The Bucks and the Celtics are aware that the Heat are this good. They know who Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are. They, they understand that Bam Adebayo is probably the number three big man in the league. So you went through this list as if like, all right, I'm going to rank the Eastern Conference teams. Or did you look at it like, I guess it was half and half. Like this, this, is, this is how I sort of, I, this is how I think it'll shake out. Okay. All right. That's fair. But also uh, as, a, as sort of, a, I guess maybe a power ranking thing too. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's entirely fair. Now, um, I had the Nets at three because I think they're going to start slow, but they'll really pick up towards the end of the regular season. Once they figure out how to get – once Steve Nash figures out how to coach this roster, how to get Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, opportunities with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the floor, I like this team. They're just mm-hmm. going to have to take a while to figure it out. I think the addition of uh, Doc Rivers and the additions of Seth Curry and Danny Green to Philadelphia is really going to help Ben Simmons. But that team still needs to learn how to win. I think Toronto's going to drop off. Uh, and then you have the Hawks and the Wizards. And I think, he, honestly, you could flip either of those two. Yeah, you, I think you could too. And if they acquire James Harden, I mean, talk to me later. But Oh, you know, if, if right the Sixers now, but... acquire James Harden, then you got a, then you got a story. Then yep. they can really make some, some noise. Let's go out west, though. Let's do a little right. uh, um, western movement. So uh, now this is where I start to have like, okay, teams that are going to fall off, not because they're not as talented, but they might just kind of lay off. I had the Clippers at one. Are they the most talented team in the West or the best team in the West? No, but I think that's because the Lakers are going to kind of hold back, lay off the gas a little bit, and they'll finish it too. They're going to rest LeBron this year. They're not going to have him play all 72 games. All right? I think with the Clippers needing something to prove, they have to come out of the gates hot. They have to come out guns blazing. 
I like the Clippers at one, the Lakers at two. However, I don't know if that's necessarily indicative of their talent or their abilities. I have Denver at three, Utah four, Portland, Golden State, Dallas, New Orleans. No, you. Oh, you, you said Utah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely fair. This is how I see it shaking out. Number one, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lakers. Power rankings, regular. I just feel like they're the best team in the West. Um, number two, Denver. I'm going to put Denver at number two. And they're going to be, it won't be Lakers record wise, at least. It won't be Lakers like 65 and, and whatever. Like they're not going to be like by, far and away. Denver's going to be on their heels a little bit. Um, then I'm going to go the Clippers. Uh, I think a lot of people are down on the Clippers, but I, I'm, I'm not ruling them out of championship caliber. You did convince me. And I, I'll say this. You convinced me on Dallas. I was going to have Dallas as my fourth team, but I'm going to move Portland up a rung, and I'm going to say Portland's going to be the number four team in the West. Um, I'm, I'm going to slide Dallas down to five. Utah at six. Golden State. I don't know if I'm fully sold on Golden State, but I'm going to put them at seven. And then I did, I teetered, I, you know, as you were going through, I, I scratched out my eighth team and I replaced them. And I was thinking about Memphis. I was thinking about Phoenix. I was thinking about New Orleans, about that eighth spot. I'm going to go with Phoenix because nobody had the end of last year like Phoenix did. Bring in Chris Paul, maturity. I, I feel like Monty Williams is going to have that team grow into a, a fringe playoff team. But I, I have Memphis on the outside looking in. I'm, I have New Orleans barely on the outside looking in. New Orleans is still a little young, so they might need another year to get in there. But I, I'm, I'm going to take Chris Paul, and I'm going to bet on that team. I don't know. I think with their physicality, I think New Orleans is going to really bully some people all year long. They're going to be better well than could. you think. But your youth, that's why I have them at eight. You very well and Honestly, could. teams four through eight, I think you and for me, you could flip around a lot. Because the only teams I feel really confident in are the two LA teams and Denver. Me too. Otherwise, it's kind of a crapshoot in, in, in the West. And I said this a couple weeks ago. I think the Eastern Conference is finally better than the West. And Ben looked at me like I had seven heads. But really, like, there's so many questions between the Jazz and what their bench is going to be like, what Mike, Mike Conley's going to do. Can the Blazers stay healthy? What are the Warriors? Can the, are the Mavericks – is Luka good enough to carry the Mavericks? And then we don't know what the Pelicans or the Suns are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have an idea of some of these Eastern Conference teams are. There's a structure here. And I think because of that, you can say the Eastern Conference is better. Now, are there some teams in the West that are better than the East? Yes, I would say the Jazz, the Blazers, they're better than the Raptors. They're better than the Hawks. But there's, but they're not better than the Heat. They're not better than the Nets. They're not better than the Celtics or the Bucks. They're, not, they're probably not better than the Sixers when the Sixers are really playing at full potential. So I just, there's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot in the West. There's a lot to figure out. It's going to be a dogfight for seeds four through eight, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't hate the idea of Phoenix getting in over at New Orleans. I just have to think. New Orleans has more guys. New Orleans has a little bit more to work with than Phoenix does. John Morant's by himself in Memphis. There's, I don't know. It's a real crapshoot for me. And you know what they say. It's the wild, wild west. And it I, is. I, New Orleans has, I feel like I get more definites out of a team like Phoenix. I know Chris Paul is going to be there. I know Devin Booker is going to put up a lot of points. I know DeAndre Aiden's going to rebound and, and play some good offense himself. I have some questions about New Orleans. Is Lonzo going to be able to hit the three well? 
is Eric Bledsoe going to be like come off the bench? Is Brandon Ingram going to grow? Is Zion going to stay healthy? Is is Stephen Adams going to be able to play in that up tempo up tempo type of style that Lonzo likes to play in? I have some questions about New Orleans, but I'm not you know I don't think it's a crazy take that they're going to make the playoffs. I just barely I would say it comes down to like a half a game. I they, think the league's going to make sure they make the playoffs. Okay, now you're getting just some Illuminati. I know they like help New Orleans, but it, conspiracy theory? Like, what, what are we doing? Well, what was the point of all those playing games last year? To give New Orleans a chance. And they didn't even get to that. I wouldn't say it was to solely help New Orleans. It was to solely help the you know, six other teams. The league wants Zion in the playoffs. The, Z, the, 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 Z, the, the league wants Zion on the national stage. No question. But I don't think they're going to be like... They're not gonna. They can't play the games for him. He can't keep him healthy for him. Like he's gonna have to. They can sway things in his advantage, though. How? Hey refs, you know, take the over on the Pelicans and give Zion. Maybe just a couple of extra technical fouls when you brush Zion a little too hard. Oh boy. I'm just saying they've done it for (laughs) LeBron. They've done it for Durant. What? They've done it. They have. How? You know they have. How? No, seriously. How? How? In the past. When they wanted to make sure LeBron got into the finals, they did it. You are crazy. How? What did they do? A couple of soft calls on the Celtics. Some soft calls here and there. LeBron deserved all his rings? Absolutely. But he had a little bit of help along the way. So did Jordan. So does all the stars. The league league knows who they want uh, as his face. They want Zion up there. You are crazy. And I'm not going to fight back on this because that's totally off topic, but I totally adamantly disagree. Uh, let's go to uh, award winners. Now, this might be just as much of a crapshoot as the West race, but who do you think is going to pull in the MVP um, award? So I have voting going in this order. Giannis is going to win it. Second place will get Kawhi. LeBron will get three. Wow. You don't even have my guy in the race. I don't, right. I, I don't have Luka in the race. I know you're really high on Luka. I know Vegas is really high on Luka Doncic. But that Mavericks team isn't that good. And he's going to have to put up Westbrook in 2016-2017 type numbers if he's going to have a shot at the uh, MVP. All right, I'll make a little race of my own right here. I had a couple guys in mind, but I only wrote down one. Luka is going to win it. I just feel like momentum. He's got – this is a story award, mostly, mostly over everything. Regular season, Luca's gonna tear it up. Writers like stories. Luca's gonna win it. I mean, they like new winners more than anything. Um, so you know, Luca's a good story. He's fun, and he's he's like arguably the face of the league going forward. So he'll win it. Um, second is LeBron. Uh, in year eighteen, Ben Mamoridis. I'll say that again for you. Year eighteen. What was uh, Jordan doing? Year eighteen out of the league. Um, Giannis is gonna come in third. A strong third. Um, but it'll be like, I don't see Kawhi getting in the MVP uh, conversation. Um, so I have Giannis up there because, I, I, again, he'll be dominant in the regular season. I question the Bucks in the playoffs, but it's a regular season award. Mm-hmm. I have Kawhi at two because I feel, again, the Clippers have to come out strong. They have to. They have no other choice. After the way last year ended, with all the rumors, with all the turmoil there, the Clippers had to come out strong. So I got Kawhi at two, and he'll be a big reason why they do so. Yeah. Let's go to defensive then, player of the year. Well, and then and then maybe LeBron. I mean, he probably will put up the like the the night in night out performance to be a number one. 
I just think the way he's going to manage his minutes this year, he's not going to have the stats to put up with those two. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is for LeBron to be healthy come the playoff times, come, come time for the playoffs. But is he absolutely could he win? Num- could he be number one? Absolutely. Like I'm not saying LeBron is going to fall off a cliff ability wise. That's not all that's happening. He just won't have the minutes to log those type of stats. We'll have to wait and see. Defensive Player of the Year, who you got? Can or you peach? I have Anthony Davis. I feel like he's really going to be the MVP of the Lakers this year. He's going to carry the team while LeBron sits out, but he's not going to be the MVP of the league, so you might as well give him Defensive Player of the Year as consultation. Consolation. Not, Consolation. Not... <laughs> Consult me about Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Anthony Davis, I feel like, might just be a lock here, and so is Giannis. They're, you know, but I'm going to have some fun. Let, let's uh, shake this up a bit. I know... I'm going to spread some love to a team down south, Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo. Let's go with Bam um, to win Defensive Player of the Year. I just He's the centerpiece. Um, he, they gave him the extension. They missed out on Giannis. He's going to have to really step up his game. And defensively, that's kind of where they make their mark on that team. Hard work, defensive play. They're going to be, in my opinion, the second-best team record-wise in the East. I feel like you could easily give it to Bam, and I'm going to have some fun and say it. it's going to be him. I love that take. Will it happen? I don't know. But if Bam Adebayo wins Defensive Player of the Year, I will be ecstatic. I love that, Jason. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't want to push back on you because, finally, I mean... Finally, something I say that you like. <laughs> I just... Like you said, Giannis and Anthony Davis are locks. Rudy Gobert's there as well. Mm-hmm. Given the fact that, you know... Well, I can see it happening, but there's a lot of players in front of them. Oh, yeah. But I want it to happen. I do. I would love for this to happen. It would really show that uh, his that max extension for Bam was worth it, and his his season last year wasn't some sort of fluke. It wasn't sort of aber- wasn't some, any sort of aberration. So I like it. I just it would be really hard for him for me to ignore Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, Anthony Davis is the favorite. But I'm just you know I'm extending an olive branch. And I, I like by the it. way. That that block on Jason Tatum in the fi- in the conference finals, woo wee! Oh, that was Highlight. that was the play of the postseason. Yep, absolutely. Let's go to How rookie, rookie of the, of the year. year. Yeah. How about rookie of the year, Jason? Because I think this is one that we'll both agree on. This one's a lock, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I mean, just with the amount of touches he's going to get in, in Charlotte, it's going to be Lamelo. Uh, maybe James Wiseman, if he really steps up for the Warriors, it's him. I don't think Anthony Edwards could do it. Maybe Denny Avia with Washington, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's it's probably Lamelo Ball. I agree. They he's giving life to a dead franchise. They're they're not much of a franchise, but they bring in Lamelo, get some life, get some buzz, Buzz City, puns all over the place. Let's You're go. The worst. Uh, that was horrible. Hey, it's fun. They're the Hornets. Buzz, buzz away, Buzz City. Uh, Queen City should be a lot of fun, but yeah, Lamelo story wise, narrative wise, draft pick wise, hype wise, it's Lamelo. All right, wh- who are some players that you think are going to pop this year? Who who's ready? Who's destined for a breakout year this season? Who is destined for a breakout year this year? How about John Morant? John Morant, I feel like is going to have a he's going to play his tail off. Um, Jalen Brown also comes to mind. I Jalen's going to be an all star this year. Um, I hope so. That guy deserves it. I love Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown might be my favorite player in the league. He's up there for me. Can can we become a Jalen Brown stand show? 
yeah, let's let's have a podcast about Jalen Brown. I love it. Okay, love Jalen Brown. Um, who else? Do you have any that come to mind? I'm just uh, bringing. So I got here. I got three. Jason okay. Tatum. I think if we if we were gonna make a, if I was gonna add on to the MVP list, he finished fifth. Luca would be four, and he'd be five. Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like just needs a little bit more help in Phoenix, but like, they're gonna really the league is gonna really try to make sure Devin Booker gets his shine too. But I think they just love Yon, not Yon. They just love Zion just a little bit more. Zion's gonna sell a little bit more shoes. Adam Silver pulling the strings from from uh, from the universe and from the stratosphere. He's, I'm he's, not saying that. I don't think they necessarily decide who's gonna win the finals or anything like that. But they know who they want as the faces of their league. No, no every every league does. That's the thing. Uh, I'm not saying it's just limited to the NBA. Um, I don't think it's like, you know, I don't think it's as extreme. They, they're yeah. aware of it, but they're not like, let's make sure it happens. But if, they, if it was like that, they would have made Andrew Wiggins a star. Yeah. All right. Well, my last player, Michael Porter Jr. And Uh-oh. now he's really, again, he's got to be consistent. He's got to stay healthy. But if he can play up to that ability, he could, he could make up a running for most improved player of the year. Really? I think, yeah, why not? If he can uh, step up into that role left yeah. by Jeremy Grant, be a third option in Denver, who I expect to be in the race for the Western Conference behind the two LA teams, he could be a difference maker. Jokic and Murray are really good, but they need one more guy. Can Porter Jr., can Michael Porter Jr., did, he was rumored to be that type of player when he was coming out of Missouri, when he was drafted. He had the back issue. He had a, some moments in the, in the bubble. He's got to put it together for a full season, though. If he can do it, I expect big things from him. Yeah, offensive. I just, I don't know. Defensively, it just kind of holds me back on the on the Porter hype. Um, what's another? Shea Gilders Alexander is also gonna. He's good too. Um, yeah, but what, what's OKC gonna do this year? I know, but individually, yeah. he'll have the ball in his hands all the time. Um, expect big things from uh, from Ben Simmons if he goes to Houston. I'll just leave it at that. If he, yeah, if he goes to Houston, then we're talking. I well, maybe even Philadelphia. Maybe. All right. Wrap it up here. What's your finals matchup? Finals matchup. I'm just going to be so mainstream. I don't want to be mainstream. It's going to be Brooklyn Lakers. But okay. I'm going to say Celtics Lakers. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Celtics Lakers in the finals. It'll be an old school matchup. I'm just trying to sell the promo. It's going to be an amazing series. Uh, I'm not going to say who wins it, but I, my heart, my head says Brooklyn, my heart says Boston, and you know everything under the sun says the Lakers. So, I got Bucks and the Lakers in the finals. Wow, I think Boston. You're they're, They just need. I mean, if Jason Tatum can be a real MVP candidate, then we're talking. I think. Brooklyn needs a little bit more time to put it all together. Next year, mm-hmm. Brooklyn's right there. But again, I, I don't know what Steve Nash is. I just don't know. And then if who knows what how long it's going to take for Kyrie Irving to just combust. Surprised we didn't say KD for MVP. Neither of us did. I'm surprised. Well, he might be most improved or comeback player of the year type of thing. Yeah. He, no. he could certainly win MVP, though. Absolutely. No, he, I mean, he'd be in the, I guess so. I just, I just didn't think of it. Yeah, Paul. I mean, I get, I, he he be in the conversation. Absolutely. And then, so I have Bucks Lakers, and I'd have the Lakers winning that in six. 
That's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to reveal my winner because uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this thing on a cliffhanger. Well, we'll check back in with these like we did uh, last episode. We talked well, a few episodes ago. We talked. We compared our preseason prediction of the NFL to what thing how things are going today. But we'll check back in on this. That's all the time we have for the final call this time around. As always, you can listen to us in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're interested in doing some reading, make sure to check out NewEnglandSportsUnited.com, written by the one and only Jason Snow, and ScoreboardTimes.com, written by myself. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FinalCallMCC. For Jason Snow, I'm Andrew Fantuccio. This has been the final call on Radio Massasoit.